Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Doty Land from the Madison Isthmus. Fall weather has set in, but here in the recording studio, steel guitars, fiddles, mandolins, and auto harps are keeping us warm. This is a special tribute to classic country music, coming up on Doty Land. This is Doty Land. Conversations from the Madison Isthmus. Here is Gregory Humphrey. You know, this old world is full of singers, but just a few are chosen to tear your heart out when they sing. Imagine life without them. All your radio heroes. Think of a small town radio station. It is nighttime. You pull into the driveway, park the car, get out, and somehow the front door to the station is open. You enter, but the receptionist is gone. The program director is at home. All the ad salespeople are relaxing at home as well. The lights are out except for the studio at the far end of the building. As you look into the studio, there is one person with headphones behind the console. There are two record players. Eight-track tape machines, reel-to-reel machines, lots of albums, lots of music, and the studio stereo system is on, and you hear the classic sounds from Nashville, Tennessee. Classic country music emanating over the airwaves from small-town America. Blue ain't just the word, it's a feeling. A feeling of loneliness that I can feel right now. Welcome to this program, and we're going to be looking back at country music across the country from radio stations, also my time at WDOR playing records, including country music, and also I will be taking you back to some of the wonderful concerts with the greats in country music that I have attended. So if you enjoy a country fiddle and a steel guitar, get ready for some fun, and away we go. Friday and Saturday nights just wouldn't be the same without the WSM Grand Ole Opry. The longest-running live radio show is a tradition of top country entertainers from America's Institution of American Music, the WSM Grand Ole Opry. You can make your reservations now by calling 889-3060 for the Grand Ole Opry. Friday, a 7.30 p.m. show, and Saturday shows at 6.30 and 9.30 p.m. The WSM, Grand Ole Opry. As a boy, I was always interested in radio, always trying to understand those magic airwaves, how they came from KOA Denver or KDKA in Pittsburgh, and somehow found their way to me in Hancock, Wisconsin. As a boy, I was mesmerized by radio. But I also loved country fiddles and steel guitars and the home of the Grand Old Opry, WSM Radio, from Nashville, Tennessee. Many a Saturday night, I recall taking the radio in our dining room and moving it ever so gently this way or that way to get just the best reception, using the electrical cord of the radio as an antenna and bringing in that program from the Grand Old Opry, the Ryman Auditorium, over the airwaves from the Air Castle of the South. My mom and dad would listen, they would be the reading the newspaper, or my mom might be ironing, and the sounds of Nashville, the sounds of Roy Acuff and Minnie Pearl and the Lubin brothers came into our home. Those sounds have never been forgotten. One of the announcers that made just my ears just perk up was Grant Turner. 
There was something so essential about his voice, so soothing, so commanding, so comforting, so folksy. He was the ultimate radio announcer for country music, and he was there on the stage of the Grand Old Opry introducing stars and doing the commercials for such things as Goo Goo Clusters. Grant Turner has always been a very important part of my radio memory. Yes, ladies, you'll make your family mighty happy when you serve cornbreads made with Martha White's self-rising cornmeal. It's got hot rides. Martha White's own miracle baking ingredient that gives you cornbreads that are higher and lighter every time. Get a bag of Martha White's self-rising cornmeal with hot rides right away. And you'll agree. For the finest cornbreads you can bake, get Martha White's self-rising meal. At the time of Grant Turner's passing, I wrote on my blog, Caffeinated Politics, a tribute to the man who made WSM so special to me as a kid. In part, I wrote, Today, most of us hate commercials, but Grant Turner made the ads fun. In fact, the grand old Opry ads were a part of the show and still are. The products were perfect additions for Grant's homey gentle readings for items such as Martha White Flower or Goo Goo Clusters. This all was just another in a long list of reasons that I fell in love with the radio. He made his work sound effortless and easy. The fact that it came across that way is a testimony to his professionalism. Anyone who has worked behind a broadcast microphone knows that it is not as easy as it looks or sounds. But Grant was able to blend his down-home sensibilities with broadcast know-how in such a way as to encourage us to invite him into our homes, and millions invited him in each week. His daughter Nancy read the review on my blog and responded, Thank you so very much for the very nice story you prepared and placed on this website. I am Grant's daughter, and I still miss him each and every day. Last week was the anniversary of his death, and it touches my heart, recalling taking him to the hospital, not knowing his heart was tearing. My own mother died 50 days later. That comment made a great deal of impression upon me, as did the news when it came to my attention that the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame website posted my blog entry as part of their tribute when they inducted Grant Turner into their Radio Hall of Fame. I cannot express how I felt upon learning this news, given my deep admiration for Turner and my decades-long love affair with the Grand Old Opry, the world's longest-running radio show. big country music shows I ever attended was in Wisconsin Dells. A friend and I attended, and it was about a 90-minute show. It was utterly fantastic. After the show was over, the star came center stage, sat in a chair, and people could come up and either get an album autographed or take a picture. I did not have a camera, I had nothing to sign, but I did have a brand new wallet. The coal miner's daughter took the wallet, signed it, I shook her hand, and it was a remarkable memory of Loretta Lynn. There stands the glass Filling up to the brim You're my broken It's my first one today 
I have had the opportunity to see some of the powerful and determined women of country music on stage. One of the most remarkable and unassuming was Kitty Wells. Picture your grandmother, if she could sing and play the guitar, and if you can picture that, you have met Kitty Wells, just somebody who was so real, so in the moment, and just so genuine. You could talk to her, and she would be just as if she had known you her whole life or would sit down across the table and have dinner with you. A remarkable woman. And then there was Dolly Parton. James's first big concert was at the Dane County Coliseum to see Dolly. The stage lights go out, a large staircase is center stage, and down in a sequined white dress, Dolly walks in high heels. She gives a very, very powerful performance. Two parts of the show stand out. At one point in the performance, she sits on a chair, center stage, and she picks up the auto harp. Without any other instrumentation, just her voice and that instrument, she sings Coat of Many Colors. The entire audience is quiet. That poignant song, the auto harp, her voice, it was a magical moment, one that stands out from that concert. The other part of the concert that stands out is when an audience member yells out, I love you, Dolly! And she says, well, I love you too, but I told you to stay in the truck. Earlier in this podcast, you heard the strong voice of Connie Smith. I saw her in concert with Jack Green. Connie Smith remains one of those strident voices and just so sweet and so strong, and I so much appreciate what she has done for country music. The other voice that is among my favorite, Tammy Wynette. I saw one of her last shows that she performed in Wisconsin. She was thin, frail, clearly sick, but when she stepped on stage, her voice was as it was always known, strong, vibrant, she had a sense of humor. I think she enjoyed that escapism that she was able to have on stage, though she felt probably quite poorly off stage. That performance was simply one of the best, and as I say, there was not another time that she was to return to the state. I did have tickets for a return show, one that she did not ever have the ability to fulfill because she passed away. When it comes to one CD that every serious country music fan should have, it is the one where the combined voices of Dolly, Tammy, and Loretta all make some classic country music sounds. There is nothing quite as beautiful as when these three ladies perform. Please help me, I'm falling in love with you. Close the door to One of my prized possessions is my guitar, a guitar that has been signed by many country legend stars. The first one who put their autograph on the guitar was none other than George Jones. On his tour bus, the doors open, the electric steps slide down, and there he is, signing my guitar. It was a moment I will never forget. It also kind of took me aback because I always imagined George Jones to be this big, tall man. In reality, he's just about medium size and looks a lot like probably you and me. That's a good lesson to remember when we hear these greats on the radio. They do put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and me. Also signing the guitar, Gene Shepard, one of those essential voices of country music. Bobby Osborne from Rocky Top fame. Little Jimmy Dickens, or as he would say, Hi, I'm Little Jimmy Dickens, or Willie Nelson after taxes. Charlie Leuven signed my guitar outside of a venue that he was going to perform at, and we talked about Elvis Presley and how Charlie and Elvis performed on the Louisiana Hayride. 
Charlie remembered Elvis as a young, skinny kid with a lot of energy. Charlie also used my pen to sign not only my guitar, but then asked if he could borrow it to sign other people's records and other memorabilia that they had brought. So I accompanied Charlie with my pen, not so much that I was worried about the pen, but it was just a great way to be closer to this country music legend star for a few more minutes. And then there was Bill Anderson. Bill Anderson is the performer that I have seen on stage more than any other country music star. I have a long-time relationship with Bill Anderson, as he was and remains a favorite of mine. When I was a boy, I would stand on the picnic table, the garden hose would be my microphone, and I would do concerts impersonating Whisper and Bill Anderson. Many, many, many years later, my aunt, who lived across the road, Evelyn Beggs, would remind me of those shows, and I was partly embarrassed and partly thrilled that at least some part of my childhood that I so fondly recall was also remembered by somebody else. The first time I saw Bill Anderson was in the third grade, and I remember that episode very well because prior to the event, I had a very severe bout of the flu, and it was kind of thought that the show would not be able to be attended by my parents because I was so sick, but somehow I miraculously came to the day of the show, and I was able to attend. But his singing partner, Jan Howard, who was also supposed to be on stage that night, was not there because she had, what do you think? Yup, she had the flu. Years later, when I met Bill Anderson at a concert, and the show was over and we had the ability to talk for a few moments, I told him about the fact that I was impersonating him as a young boy and how much he had meant to me for decades. And he said, wow, I never knew that I had an impersonator until tonight. You don't understand the pattern of my life because my life has got no pattern. You don't see and you can't feel the wind that's blowing at my back and saying, move, boy. You think this burning fever in my heart is just a folly And I'm throwing away my happiness by leaving you Over the years of playing the record player as a child at my home in Hancock, Wisconsin or playing them for the listeners on the radio station in Sturgeon Bay over the airwaves of WDOR I never thought I would meet some of the legends, such as Porter Wagner. When Porter passed away, I wrote the following on my blog. The style, flash, and smile that Porter brought with him to the stage was reflected back to him with warm applause and appreciation night after night on the Opry stage and other venues around the nation. When he appeared in Wisconsin about 15 years ago, he bounded on the stage wearing one of his famous nudie suits that was his trademark. After a long performance, he lingered and met the fans. One by one, they shared a memory with him and took home an autograph and snapshot. I still recall that night how he seemed utterly content to stay as long as his fans kept talking. I left with an old album cover signed and a deeper appreciation for the man behind the music. He never forgot how hard it was to make it in the business back in the early days of his career. And because of that, he never took his fans for granted. It is that last point that I want to make sure my listeners understand. Over and over again, from little Jimmy Dickens, Jeannie Seeley... Bill Anderson, Porter Wagner, people stayed after their concerts until every single autograph was signed, a memento was signed, a picture was taken, a memory was shared. Those individuals that started their career early, before there was all of the PR gimmickry, 
The singers and musicians would get in a car, they'd travel to a grocery store parking lot, they'd perform, and at the end of a 20- or 30-minute show, they would go to the back of their vehicle and sell their own 45 RPMs to the folks that were there to listen. And then they'd get in the vehicle and go further down the road. Or they would have these 15-minute radio segments early in the morning on some radio stations in Texas or Oklahoma or Missouri. That style of presenting themselves to the public and the appreciation that the public had for those performers lasted for decades. And so it was not unusual to find a performer that had been on the road for 40 years or 50 years still appearing after the show was over to greet each and every member of the audience who wanted to have a personal memento of time spent with that performer. Nobody left without a personal memento if they so desired it from these shows, and that is what strikes me about these classic country entertainers. They just don't make them like that anymore. This is WSM Nashville, Tennessee, presenting the Grand Old Opry. Before we 